trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Hello and welcome to Simple Man Sermons, the preachings of a simple man called by God to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Have you ever been to a point in your life where you didn't know what to do, where you didn't know which way to go? Maybe you find yourself at a point where something didn't work out the way that you thought that it would, the way that you wanted it to, whether that be a relationship or a career move or a geographical move. What do you do in those times? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This is from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. From Proverbs all the way to James. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. For you are just a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So, for one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, for him it is sin. I'll read part of that again. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. For you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. Let us not forget that whatever we do, it's by God's leave. I was, I don't often mention my bio a lot in this podcast, but I was a Marine. One of the sayings as the Marines' history stems from the Navy and being on ships, one of the things you would say when you were passing somebody of greater rank than you in a hallway, in a galley, on a ship, or something like that is, by your leave. By your leave. Meaning like, with your permission, let me go by. How much more ought we to render that respect to the almighty God and creator of the universe? If he wills, by his leave, it is by God's leave and only his leave. Or you might say by his grace, by his divine, undeserved, kind and loving nature that we can do this or that. That we can take a breath or a step or have our heart beat one more time. It is by his leave. 
if the Lord wills. And if he doesn't will, then it won't. If the Lord wills. I try and be in the habit of doing that. It, it took me a while to get into that habit. But if God wills, I'll do this thing or that thing. And what's the reverse connotation of that? If he doesn't will, then you ought not be doing it. Or if he doesn't will, then you won't. Now, it would be really nice. I'm going to be honest with you here. Me preaching and sharing does not mean that I have all the answers. Of course, I don't have all the answers. I'm not God. God has all the answers. And I'm going to be honest with you. It would be really nice sometimes if I could see a little bit farther in the future. But I cannot. That is not within my power. The Bible, the Word of God, says that God sees the end from the beginning. God sees the end from the beginning. Unlike all other created things, He sees the end from the beginning. That is not within my power or your power. There are in days of your prophets who saw the future. That is the test of a good prophet and a false prophet if they say something about the future and it happens or comes to pass. I am not a prophet. Only God sees the end from the beginning. And unless he decides to share that with you, it is not our place to see the end from the beginning. Be wary of false prophets, whether they're wrapped up in a Christian cloak or some other cloak like, it's 2012, the world is going to end, man. Because the Mayans, well, the Mayans were a bunch of pagans, and if they could see the future, they probably wouldn't have welcomed the Spanish. And they probably would still be a civilization. So why are you looking to them to see when the end of the world was? Or all these predictions of this is the mark of the beast or that is the mark of the beast or this person's the Antichrist. How many times have false, let's call them cults, predicted the end of the world only to be wrong? It lies in God's power to see the end from the beginning. What are we to do in the meantime? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. It reminds me of another verse when Peter comes to Jesus. And this is after he is raised from the dead. And Peter, who I think we can all identify with from time to time, says he inquires of the Lord Asking what's to be done about Judas. And Jesus says, What is that to you? You follow me. What is that to you? You follow me. It's a hard path anyway. Does Jesus not say, Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. It's a narrow, difficult way. It's hard enough to focus on Jesus and do the right thing and live your life the right way. Why are you worried about all this other stuff or what this person is doing and what that person is doing and what the Joneses are doing or what the celebrities are doing or what Hollywood is doing or what the culture is doing? You should rebuke those things when they're bad, but that shouldn't be the main focus of your life because if it is, then your main focus is not God. What is that to you? You follow Christ. 
are you supposed to do this thing in life or that thing in life or go this place in life or that place in life? Is this person the right person for you in life? I may not even have the answers for myself in my own life, but in any season, I know it is good to trust in the Lord and lean not on my own understanding. You see, trust and faith denotes kind of rest. I often put it like this very simply because the things of God are simple and powerful. Faith and fear are kind of at opposite ends of this seesaw, this teeter-totter. The more you get in fear, the less faith you're going to have. And the more faith you have, the less fear you're going to have. Because if you trust in God perfectly, what is there to fear? Psalm 91, from an excerpt from Psalm 91, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. It's one of the things that Satan likes to do. He likes to rattle you up and get you focused on the wrong things. What are you going to do about this inflation? What are you going to do about this economy? What are you going to do about work? What are you going to do about this person that's doing the wrong thing or, or this circumstance? And put the focus on you as if it's on you. What are you going to do about it? Let's see what Jesus says about anxiety and fears and worries. Let us hearken. Let us listen to the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. And he said to his disciples, For this reason I tell you, do not worry about your life as to what you are to eat, nor for your body as to what you are to wear. For the life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, that they neither sow nor reap they have no storeroom nor barn yet God feeds them how much more valuable are you than the birds and which of you by worrying can add a day to his life's span therefore if you cannot do even a very little thing why do you worry about the other things consider the lilies how they grow They neither labor nor spin. But I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat, or what you are to drink. And do not keep worrying, for all these things are what the nations of the world eagerly seek. And your Father knows that you need these things. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be provided to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, because your Father has chosen to give you the kingdom. I'm going to repeat part of that again. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be provided to you. Do not be afraid. 
Jesus telling us, do not worry, do not be afraid. It's not our place to see the future. It's not our place to see the end from the beginning. We may be frustrated in times of life because things don't work out the way that we want or the future is not what we thought it was going to be, but it's not our place to see the future. It's God's place. It's our place to walk in obedience with God. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. How does the Lord's prayer start? just popped into my head when I said that. Lord in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Wow. That just hit me as I was preaching. It starts out about seeking God's kingdom. Seeking God and his kingdom and his will to be done. Not your own. Seek God first. There are many seasons in life. It says in Ecclesiastes, a time for peace and a time for war. A time to love and a time to hate. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There there are many seasons in life. Also in Ecclesiastes it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This is by Solomon. Save Jesus Christ, the wisest man that ever lived. So perhaps we should hearken unto what it says in the conclusion of the whole matter. Because if you're not familiar with Ecclesiastes, especially the first several chapters, it's him kind of seeking for meaning and purpose in life. And he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. I would submit we all have those times where we can feel lost or we can feel worried or jarred or anxious. Simple, powerful truths. See a lot of corruption, a lot of wrong. Not an excuse for you to lose focus of God and his kingdom first. What is that to you? You follow me. If you don't know which way your life is headed, if you don't know what the future holds, welcome to being human. It's not our place to see the end from the beginning. If the Lord wills, we will do this or that. Don't boast in arrogance. All such boasting is evil. If the Lord wills, we will do this or do that. And again, the reverse connotation is if he doesn't, then it won't. It's hard to kick against the goads. Don't struggle against God. Now, I'm not saying it's never good to struggle or fight. It's good to do that for God. Fight for the right thing. Fight for justice and mercy. But make sure we're doing seeking the kingdom first. Seeking God's will and not our own will. As I'm recording this, let us remember the Sabbath. The whole duty of man. Fear God, keep his commandments. What what is the fourth commandment? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor the stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed 
the Sabbath day and hallowed it. A day of rest, a day to chill, if you want to put it in modern day vernacular, a way that my loving wife likes to put it in kind of more modern day vernacular. Thou shalt chill. Relaxing. Resting in the Lord. Refocusing on the Lord. Not the worries and the cares and all the things of this world. Resting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. I was going to end it there, but I think I'll end it with the Lord's Prayer. A a model Jesus gives when his disciples ask how they should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.